Money FM 89.3. You are with Jason Desmond on Weekend Mornings, covering for Jason Dacey away on assignment in India. And uh, right now we have uh, Glenn Van Zutphen, International News and Review Time. He is, of course, the ex-CNN anchor and founder of Van Media Group. We're talking about, we, well, we spoke about the, the big Korea... Um, right. U.S. Singapore summit, yep. but there's been a lot of stuff happening right here, and the news has been crazy the past couple of days. So let's take it to you, my friend, right. Mr. Malaysia Bole. <laughs> so Malaysia, How about elections, huh? It's been it's been very very busy. What's it like for someone looking in to Malaysia? Because for Malaysians, it's it's there's a lot of passion. It's very personal. It's um, it's very sentimental because at the last elections, uh, everyone said that the opposition should have won. They didn't win. But this time around, they actually did win. It was a landslide victory. What's it like for observers yeah. looking in on the yeah. Malaysian election? Well, you know, I, th- I think the first reality is that everybody realizes the potential that Malaysia has, right? Nearly yep. 40 million people, highly educated, amazing resources, amazing country and culture, right? So yeah. there is huge potential. and But we've seen over the past few years, there's been a lot of question marks about what's been happening True. with various topics, not to get too political on it. Some, some people say it's, you know true and some people say it's not true whatever it is so i think everybody is kind of rooting for malaysia to like make us fresh start yeah and i think no matter what you think about the outcome of who won who lost the reality is you know you guys had safe relatively fair and free totally free elections yeah and the people chose right and it was um you know, no matter what all the side issues are, mm. like that's an amazing thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's a big picture kind of uh, topic or realization that many countries around the globe cannot claim to have that happening. True. So looking inside, I'm like, rock on. Good job, you guys. Yeah. Now build the government, build the country you want. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see with uh, with uh, Mr. Mahathir back in power at 92 years old. Oldest what he can leader do. in the world, yeah. You know, he. a lot of people yearn for the glory days of yeah. Malaysia, but let's not forget there was controversy around his True. time in office as well, yeah. right? And I think more of those stories will certainly start coming out. But you know what? It's a new day, and we'll see what happens. But what about the um, the news that his former adversary and also his former deputy minister, Anwar Ibrahim, uh, getting that pardon and trying to get back into into politics and also eventually well taking over as prime minister you know i had the good fortune of of uh, meeting and having a long conversation with anwar ibrahim here in singapore yeah. um after a foreign correspondence association event that he spoke at when was that uh, a was number that of years before ago. after uh, it was before yeah, yeah. so um it, it was um he, he's an amazing guy super smart yeah and, uh, you know, personally, I feel like his pardon shows perhaps the cynical side of politics. Yeah. You know, how can you have one party, let's say Dr. Mahathir, you know, throwing this guy in jail, you know, multiple times trials and all this sort of stuff because he's such a bad person. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, because it's to his advantage to have him on the team, yeah. he's pardoned. Yeah. Right. So was he really a bad guy or was he not? Yeah. And so I think this raises questions among people watching this thing. Um, but. You know, one thing for sure, he's he's a smart man, and now, of course, his wife, uh, Juan Aziza, yeah. and then their daughter is now yeah. in politics as well, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's a family affair there. But, um, you know, it's still very popular with a lot of Malaysians, and yeah. I think there's still 
possibility for him to you know to really come forward and, and be a positive force. Yeah, because I think what everyone's hoping for, like if you talk about elections, the election is probably the wedding, but you're you should be more focused on the actual marriage. Yeah, right. It's not just about one particular moment in time. It's like because. Running a government, it's it's a marathon. It's a long term thing. Well, they had to bring you. You correct me. They had to bring three or four different um, factions together, right? Yeah. So you had three different ones, and they were all. No, there were there were more actually, and then the Green Party, uh, which is uh, the Islamic Party, pulled out, and they went at uh, kind of went at it alone, and. Um, they kind of met in the middle, I suppose, and everyone. It was a big deal, and to have um, Tun Mahathir uh, kind of help help to glue everyone together, and that, yeah. that was why it was a pretty important thing, I suppose. Yeah. So interesting, though, the former uh, Prime Minister Najib was trying to take a holiday yeah. to Malaysia. Yeah. Uh, holiday in quotes? Do we put that in quotes? Air quotes? I don't no, know. He was trying to but... take, yeah, air quotes, I suppose. <laughs> he wanted to leave uh, Malaysia to Indonesia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, he was um, not allowed to leave. He was stopped, yeah. yeah. He stopped at the airport in, uh, in Malaysia, yeah. in KL. Lots going on with that. So we'll keep you updated. You just uh, keep tuning into the news. Glenn, thanks for that update. But right now, let's let's just um, go stateside. Um, what's going on in, in the States? What's going on in the United States of America with this uh, Canadian Sikh man? Yeah, you know, this is a really interesting, um, really interesting story. Canadian cabinet minister, uh, Nadeep Bain, um, had an incident. It actually happened a year ago, right. but he didn't talk about it publicly until right. just this past Thursday, right? And he's Sikh, so he wears a, he wears the head, head, yeah. dress, headgear, right? For, for the Sikhs. The turban, yeah. He is the minister of, of innovation, science, and economic development in the Canadian government. Yeah. So he was coming into Detroit in the U.S. or leaving from Detroit. I, and, and he was already the minister at, at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. Already, you know, a member of the government. Yeah. And he was stopped. He, he went through the metal detector, yeah. right? No problems, no beeps, no nothing. And then he got through and they said, we, we want to do a secondary search, right? Well, they wanted to, him to take off his turban, right? right? And he's like, well, wait a minute. I, you know, I just, I made it through the metal detector. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a regular person wearing clothes yeah. and you met, make it through the metal detector, does that mean you should have to take off your clothes, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. It's, yeah. it's part, of his, part of his deal. And, of, of course, as we all know, you know, the, the turban to Sikhs is, is a, you know, it's sacred. a very, it's a sacred part of their, of their life and, their, yeah. and what, they, what they wear. Well, anyway, long story short, um, he, he didn't want to, but he finally, he passed them his passport and it showed his diplomatic status. Right. And they immediately backed down. Right. And said, oh, sorry, and let him go. Right. Yeah. And now, officially, then the U.S. government apologized for that. But, but I think this speaks to the bigger issue, which is, um, you know, first of all, the, the TSA um, passed kind of a new uh, gu- set of guidelines saying that people did not have to take off their headgear. Yeah. Um, if they if they successfully pass through you know yeah. metal detection and things like that, so this was done to him, and uh, you know it's it's not necessarily fair, no matter how you know freaked out people get by people from other cultures I, or yeah, whatever. Exactly. And, yeah. and that, you know that's one thing I really appreciate about being in Singapore. Yeah, is that people have a, like a, a, a real understanding and appreciation and respect. Yeah. For different religions and different cultures. Yeah. And that would not happen here without a very good reason to secondarily search somebody. Right? Yeah. So I, I just wish that you know and hope that the U.S. can kind of find its way back to a more reasonable way of looking at things and not be so paranoid and whatever about people who look different or dress differently. Yeah, because that begs the question. I mean, he he flashed his diplomatic uh, uh, card, uh, passport, and it was okay for him, but 
can you imagine if it, if he didn't have it, or if it was just a General Joe with a, with right. a regular passport? He would not. He that'd be a major incident. Yeah, and right across. Yeah, I mean up north, it's just funny that I just found this. In Alberta, to allow turban-wearing Sikhs right to ride motorcycles without helmets, and I'm like, that's great, man. This is awesome. You know, but I, you're a biker. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I love riding. I've been riding since I was um, a preteen, actually, yeah. and. Um, you know, I get the whole idea of, you know, the wind through your hair and yeah, all yeah. that. But generally, I have to say I'm in favor of helmet laws. I think oh, you they, are? I think they save lives and I right. think they save massive brain injuries okay. for people that do get in accidents. Yeah. I've had a number of friends here in Singapore that have been on their motorcycles that have been sideswiped by a lorry or whatever or hit, hit by a bus. And, you know, they you know they had a helmet on and it, and it probably it saved, saved. either saved their lives or saved massive Yeah, because you're not – there's a whole other thing where – if who pays for the bills? If you know, if you're not wearing that, if there's a law, you're supposed to wear a helmet, and you you don't, and you get hit. Who who pays for it, right? Yeah, well, you know, in, in countries where you know medicine is more or less socialized, yeah. you know, like well, even in the U.S. where it's not you know officially socialized medicine, if you go to the Amer- the emergency room and you can't pay, the government pays. You know, yeah. they treat you. They don't let you you know sit there and die. So if you have a massive brain injury, head injury from a motorcycle accident, yeah. it ends up being the taxpayers. Who True. pay that yeah. right over time? Someone's got to pay it. Someone's got to pay it yeah. exactly, is, and and yeah. it comes back to the government paying. So uh, you know, there's there's good arguments from both sides. We right? make people wear seatbelts, you know. So I believe that people should wear helmets too. Right, totally understand that. So. All right, so that's it for uh, the news. But there's one piece of thing that I just have to get to. It's uh, a little CNN vignette uh, on where <laughs> you show uh, or you advise international audience how to do business in Singapore. Yeah, it, you know, um, uh, a friend of mine who's a producer at CNN in Atlanta. Um, that video's still around, man. How it, long ago was this? Yeah, it was a while. I mean, well, the video, you mean? Yeah. Uh, so two years ago. Two years ago. So they contacted me for from the CNN airport network. So right. uh, those of your uh, those of your listeners who travel through the U.S., you know, there's the CNN and then there's CNN airport, which plays throughout the yeah, airports. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, cool. So he said, he said, hey, can we put together a video that t- that introduces Singapore to business people who are coming to Singapore? Right. So tips and tricks and, you know, whatever. Cool. All right. So, uh, we're going to get to that. Tips and tricks and how to do business in Singapore with Glenn Van Zutphen. That's next on Money FM 89.3.